So this story is about one of the best people, Yusuf a.s. Therefore, أحسن القصص What is that story? إذ when قال Yusuf Yusuf a.s. said لِأَبِيهِ to his father What did he say? يَا أَبَتِ Oh my dear father Oh my respected dear father What did he say to him? إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ Indeed I saw Meaning I saw in my dream أَحَدَ عَشَرَ One and ten Meaning eleven كَوْكَبًا Stars I saw eleven stars وَالشَّمْسَ and the sun وَالْقَمَرَ and the moon I saw eleven stars, the sun and the moon, رأيت whom I saw them, leave for me, sajideen, once prostrating. Eleven stars, sun and moon, were all doing sajda to me. A very different kind of a dream. So he told his father. When did this happen? This happened about 1800 years before Isa a.s. Long, long, long time ago before us. Okay, Yusuf salam used to live in Palestine, specifically in the area of Kanaan. His father was who? Li Abihi. Who was his father? Yaqub salam. Who was Yaqub salam? The son of, the son of Ishaq salam. Who was the son of Ibrahim salam? Okay. So, Yaqub he was also a prophet of Allah. And Yaqub had two sons, Yusuf and Binyamin, from one wife. And he had ten more sons from another wife. So basically, we learned that he had two wives. From one wife, he had two sons, Yusuf and Binyamin. And from the other wife, he had ten boys, ten sons. So in total, how many boys did he have? Twelve. How many brothers did Yusuf a.s. have? Eleven. He had eleven brothers. One full brother and ten half-brothers. Now Yusuf a.s. he says to his father, Ya abati, Ya abati. This is an expression of a lot of love and respect. This is tasgheer for the purpose of takreem and mahabba, to show love. It's like you call your father, if you say, Father... Okay, that's very respectful, but it's also kind of dry. But if you say, Dad, or if you make it even nicer, Daddy. Why do you say Daddy? Mom, Mommy. Why do you say Mommy and Daddy? What's the Y for at the end? What is it for? To show love. Likewise, Ya Abati. Oh my dear, my, my dear father, Daddy. This is what I saw in my dream. What do you learn from the way Yusuf a.s. is talking to his father? Huh? Does he love his father? Oh yeah. He's telling his father about a dream. He's asking him. What does that show? He looks up to his father. He trusts his father. He respects his father. He recognizes that his father knows. He's a knowledgeable man. He's a prophet of Allah. And that tells you a lot about Yusuf salam also. What kind of a son he was. And he tells him about a dream. I saw 11 stars, the sun and the moon, prostrating to me. Now the 11 stars, they represent who? 
eleven brothers. And the sun and the moon represent who? The parents, the mother and the father. All of them prostrating. What does that mean? That Yusuf a.s. was going to be given a very high status. Okay? Yusuf a.s. was not a prophet at this time. But through this dream, he was basically being given good news that something special was going to happen in his life. Allah was going to grant him a status above his entire family. And we will see exactly how, later in the story, how his dream came true and how it was fulfilled. But before we continue, let's talk a little bit about dreams. Because Yusuf had a dream. And every person has dreams. I'm talking about dreams that we actually see when we're sleeping. Not daydreaming, but dreams that we see when we are asleep. Alright? Remember that there are three kinds of dreams. And it's very important to recognize this. Because otherwise what happens is that we see the most craziest things and we start reading into them. Right? So the first kind of dream is hadith nafs Hadith nafs What does that tell you? Your nafs talking to you. Okay? Your nafs talking to you. So basically it's the working of the subconscious. So you saw like, you went to your friend's wedding and then in your dream, you see that you're dressed as a bride. And you're like, you know what? I think I'm going to get married really soon. Well, I hope so, inshallah. But just because you had a dream that you were sitting as a bride doesn't necessarily mean that you'll be sitting as a bride the next day. Okay? It's perhaps because you saw somebody getting married and you wish the same for yourself and that's why you saw that in a dream. Okay? Likewise, you have an exam coming up and you're really, really worried about it. And in your dream you see that you are crying a lot and that there is a test paper in front of you that's all red. And you start thinking because of that, you know what, I'm going to fail my test. I'm going to fail my test because I saw that in my dream. Not necessarily. It's quite possible that your mind is playing with you. Alright? Because whatever's on your head, generally, generally what happens? It comes before you in your dreams. Does that happen? Or am I the only crazy person? Does it happen with you too? I mean, the most random things. The most random. You know, you're eating something and somebody's saying something and all of a sudden you're somewhere else and you know some crazy thing happens and then you wake up. And then you're trying to recall and you cannot even make sense of the sequence of events. You know why? It's just your brain. It's just your head. Alright? Second type of dream is the dream that is from shaitan. What kind of a dream is that? That in which you get scared when a person gets afraid, he gets worried, or even... Incorrect things, I mean wrong things. So a source of misguidance. Shaitan trying to lead a person astray. So for example, in a dream a person sees that this man comes to him, you know, with a nice white beard, really long one, reaching up to the floor almost, and he says, you don't have to pray salah ever again. (laughs) And so the next morning you're like, you know what? I gotta be really pious. I'm the best person because that must have been an angel all white, such a long beard, and I was told, I don't have to pray? No. The Qur'an tells you you have to pray. If you see that in the dream, that somebody is telling you you don't need to pray, realize it's from who? Shaitan. Any dream that tells you to do something wrong, that tells you to go commit murder, that tells you to do something haram, who is that from? Shaitan. In a hadith we learned that once a man, he told the Prophet ﷺ, he said that I dreamt that my head was cut off and I was chasing it. Now that's quite frightening. 
So the Prophet ﷺ rebuked him and said, do not tell anyone about how the shaitan is messing about with you in your dreams. This is from shaitan, that your head is cut off and you're chasing it. Come on! This is from shaitan, trying to make you worried and make you afraid, frightened. So this kind of dream is from who? Shaitan. The third kind of dream is a true dream, which is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a dream which is vivid, meaning it's very clear. You remember it fully. Or there are certain parts of it which you remember very clearly. It's like you can smell something beautiful. And you can recall that when you're awake also. For example, in your dream, you see that you drank something and you can taste it in your mouth. And you can recall that taste even when you're awake. Do you know what I mean? So a vivid dream, something unexpected, not like you had a very nice cooler or like a cooling drink the day before, and so you have a dream that you had another drink like that. I mean, that's possibly just your brain. Unexpected. It's unforgettable. And it leaves a positive feeling with you. It leaves a comforting feeling with you. Alright? Now remember that people have all kinds of dreams. All of these three. But the prophets of Allah, they have only the third kind. True dreams from Allah, which are also wahi, which are also a form of revelation. This is why true dreams are actually part of prophethood. This doesn't mean that you have a true dream, you become a prophet. No. It's a part of prophethood. Prophets are who? They receive messages directly from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So through dreams, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives good news to the believers. You understand? In a hadith, we learn that good dreams, true dreams of a believer is a part of the 46th parts of Nubuwa, Meaning it's a part of prophethood. Okay? Meaning Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is informing the person of something good inshallah, giving him some good news. Now, if a person sees a good dream, or a bad dream, or just a random dream, what are they supposed to do? First of all, identify the dream. What kind of a dream is it? Don't start paying attention to every single dream. Because shaitan may be playing with you. Your brain is just exercising as you're sleeping. So that doesn't mean that every single dream is true. I told you about the signs of a true dream. It's unexpected. It's vivid. It's meaningful. You remember it. And it comes back to you again and again as you're awake. You keep remembering it. And you're curious, what does that mean? What does that mean? It leaves an impact on you. And you're curious, what does this dream mean? So in that case, a good dream, the Prophet ﷺ said, if any one of you sees a dream that he likes, it is from Allah. So let him praise Allah for it. And tell people about it, meaning go ahead and tell people about it, if there is a need. And in another narration we learn, that only to the one whom he loves. Don't go and tell everybody about it. Tell who? Only someone whom you know is sincere to you. Like your parents, or like a very good friend, a spouse. Alright? Like for example, Yusuf salam, he told who? His father. The Prophet ﷺ said, but if he sees something other than that, that he dislikes, then it is from shaitan. So let him seek refuge with Allah from its evil and not mention it to anyone, for it will not harm him at all. Now, what does this tell us? That dreams, we must pay attention to them. Some people, they completely ignore dreams. They say, you know what? Dreams, they don't mean anything. No, they do mean something. But every dream? No, not every dream. Some dreams. Some dreams. Alright? Now, let me give you an example. 
Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, you know who he is? The son of Umar radiallahu anhu. Once he said that in the life of the Prophet sallallahu whoever saw a dream would narrate it to the Prophet sallallahu Because every morning after Fajr, the Prophet sallallahu would ask people, he would turn around and after some time he would ask them, so did anyone have a good dream, an interesting dream? And the people would share with him. So Ibn Umar said that I also wished that I could you know, see some kind of a dream and I could tell the Prophet ﷺ and he would tell me what that means. So he said, I was a grown-up boy at that time and he would also sleep in the masjid at night time. So many times he would end up sleeping in the masjid. He said, I saw in the dream that two angels came and got hold of me. So two angels came and got hold of me and took me to the fire which was built all around like a built well. Okay, and it had two poles in it. And there were people inside that fire and I didn't know them. And when I saw that fire, I started saying, I seek refuge with Allah from the fire. I seek refuge with Allah from the fire. Ibn Umar said that I saw in my dream, then I met another angel who told me, don't worry, don't be afraid. Now if you have a dream like that, that there are angels who take you to a fire and you see people over there and you seek Allah's protection from the fire and then somebody tells you, you don't need to worry. I mean, you're going to wonder, what does that mean? So Ibn Umar, he went and told his sister, Hafsa radiallahu anha, who was the wife of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And she mentioned the dream to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, Abdullah is a very good man. I wish he prayed the hajjid. He said, Abdullah is a very good man. I wish he prayed the hajjid. So, what does the dream tell you? And the Prophet ﷺ's interpretation, what does that tell you? He's very close to Jannah. But if he prayed the hajjid, then he would be far, far, far from hellfire. Far from it. So, the dreams that we see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sometimes giving us a message through them. Giving us a message through them. Like for example, you see a person and you think in real life that this person is very sincere to you. But in your dream you see that they're there and there's a snake right next to them. I mean that tells you that you shouldn't really trust that person too much. Right? Or for example, you see a dream that you are sitting in a car and somebody is trying to attack you and somebody else is driving the car and they just you know drive you away from danger. What does that show to you about the person who's driving you away from danger? That inshallah they are a helper to you. Right? So dreams are meaningful. Do pay attention to them. But don't dwell on them. Forgetting reality. Another interesting dream. The Prophet ﷺ once he said that while I was sleeping, I saw myself drinking milk. I saw myself drinking milk. So much so that I was content. And I saw the milk flowing through my nails. That I had so much milk that it was flowing through my nails. And then I gave the milk to Umar. So the leftover milk, he said, in my dream I saw that I gave it to Umar radiallahu anhu. So the companions, they asked, what do you interpret it as? The Prophet wasallam said, ilm, knowledge. That milk was knowledge. Right? So for example, you have a dream that you start taking a course or you start going to a particular teacher and you have a dream that you're having 
a lot of milk or you're swimming in water or there's a lot of rain falling down. What is that? It's a mubashira. It's a good news for you inshallah that a lot of khair is going to come. You see in your dream that you're in your house and your bookshelf is full of money. That tells you that knowledge is going to be beneficial for you inshallah. So good dreams, they are like good news. Alright? So this is why if you see a good dream, thank Allah for it. Ask Allah to teach you its best interpretation. Whatever khair is decreed for you, make it easy for you. And if you see a bad dream, then don't go ahead and tell other people about it. Because the Prophet ﷺ told that man, don't tell others about it. If you see your you know, head cut off and you're chasing it, don't do that. Rather, what should you do? Turn towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Seek His protection. In a hadith we learn, the Prophet ﷺ said, if any one of you sees a dream that he dislikes, then let him spit dryly to his left three times. How? Not two. Okay? So that the person sitting next to you is like, or lying down next to you is like, what's wrong with you? Why are you spitting on me? No. Dryly. Three times. Okay? And seek refuge with Allah from the shaitan three times and turn over onto his other side. So if you're sleeping and you have a really bad dream, so you wake up frightened and scared or unsettled, then what should you do? What should you do? Spit on your left three times, seek Allah's protection, and thirdly, turn your side. If you're lying down on your left side, turn to your right side. If you're lying down on your right side, turn. I mean, change your side. Alright? And in another hadith we learn that get up and pray. That a person should get up and pray. Why? Because shaitan is trying to bother you. So you bother him. Okay? He's trying to bother you, you bother him. Because what is it that bothers him a lot? When you go down into sajda. Alright? So, is it clear now? Good dream? Alhamdulillah. Ask Allah for khair. Crazy dream? Ignore it. Bad dream, seek Allah's protection. Spit on your left three times, change your side, and read some dua like, أَعُوذُ بِكَلِمَاتِ اللَّهِ التَّامَاتِ مِنْ شَرِّ مَا خَلَقَ And in your book, إِيَّاكَ نَسْتَعِينَ In fact, there are duas for protection during the night and also on seeing a bad dream. So make sure to check it out, okay? So now what happened? Yusuf told his father about his dream. What kind of a dream was it? Was this a random dream? Who sees? Eleven stars, sun and the moon, doing sajda. I mean, this is unique. This is different. Is it a good dream or a bad dream? It's a good dream. It's a good dream because think about stars, sun, moon. They're up there. And they are doing sajda to a person. So it's a very good dream. So Yusuf alayhi father, he tells him, first and foremost, he said, Ya Bunaya, oh my dear son, oh my dear son, Bunaya, not Ibni, Bunaya, Bunaya, to make a word small. Why out of love? Now, how is it being made small? Small in the sense that you are making it cuter. Okay? Like, for example, there's a little girl, she's very cute. You might call her, You're so cute. Or you can say, Cutie patootie. Why do you say cutie patootie? Because it's sweeter. Right? So, bunayya, oh my dear, dear child, my dear, dear son. What does that tell you about Yaqub? Did he love his son? 
Of course. Was there a reason? Of course there was. I mean, look at the way that he's talking to his father and he's asking him so his father is also loving him in return. Many times we complain. I don't know what it is with my mom. She just always yells at me. I think she just hates me. I think I'm, I'm a really bad person. You know what we need to check? How is it that we speak to our parents? How is it that we address them? What is it that we speak to them about? Do we ever look up to them, seek their advice, confide in them, ask them for their suggestion? Or do we think like, it's my life and you've got nothing to do with it, I'm an adult, I'm 18, so my life, don't try to interfere. Well, you're going to get the same kind of response then. Right? So, يَا بُنَيَّ My dear son, لا تقصص Do not narrate رُؤْيَاكَ Your dream عَلَىٰ إِخْوَتِكَ Upon your brothers. Don't tell your dream to your brothers. Don't tell them. Why? Because if you do that, I'm afraid that فَيَكِيدُ So they will plot لَكَ for you كَيْدًا A plot. They will devise, they will contrive a plot against you. إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ Indeed the shaytan insan For the man عَدُوٌ mubin An open enemy, a manifest enemy. He tells his son, don't tell your brothers about this dream because I'm afraid they will do something to harm you. Why? Out of jealousy. You see, parents, they know the weaknesses of their children. Even when their children are very young and also when their children become taller than them. Parents know their children because they have observed the children from? From when? From day one. Okay? From day one. So, A father recognizes when his son is happy, when his son is upset, when his son is feeling jealous. Not that the parents know knowledge of the unseen, or they're being judgmental about their children. No. They see their child and they know what their child is feeling. Have you ever had that creepy feeling? That your mom is looking at you and you're like, don't look at me please. Because you're like reading into my brain. Do you ever get that feeling? No? You do? Okay. Um, I remember probably in high school, we had to look up poems for Mother's Day. And there was one, I think, by Phyllis somebody. And it was the last line in it was about her own mother. And she used the word relentlessly. She understands. And I felt that was such a good word because even when you don't want her to, she knows. Yes. Relentlessly she understands because even when you don't want her to understand, still she understands because she knows you. The other day I met this mother who had two twins. They were wearing the identical clothes, identical blankets, in identical car seats. And I asked the older sister of those twins, so who's who? And she's like, I think... I think, you know, this one is her and this one is her. And when I asked the mother, she knew. I'm like, how do you know? She's like, I, I don't know, I just know. The mother knows. She doesn't get confused between her children, between her twins. Even though to the ordinary person that would seem exactly the same. So if the parents can distinguish between their twins, really, from the face of their children, they can recognize how their child is feeling. So don't think that Yaqub is thinking negatively about his sons. He doesn't like them. Maybe this is why he's talking like this about his sons, that they're going to plot against you. No. He knows about their weakness. This is why he said that. And it was basically to protect the sons also, so that they don't feel jealous. 
they don't feel jealous. Because every person who is given a ni'mah, who is given a blessing, he is envied. He is envied. Alright? In a hadith we learn, إِسْتَعِينُوا عَلَىٰ قَضَاءِ الْحَوَائِجِ بِكِتْمَانِهَا فَإِنَّ كُلَّ ذِي نِعْمَةٍ مَحْسُودٍ Seek help for fulfilling needs by being discreet. Meaning, when you plan to do something and you want to fulfill it, then become discreet about it. Don't go and put it on Facebook and tweet about it all day. Because if you do that, you might never be able to do it. You might never be able to accomplish it. And has it ever happened with you? That you have like a whole exercise plan or like a whole you know study plan for yourself and then you tell your friend about it and you tell your mom about it and you tell your dad about it and a week later they ask you, so how's your plan going? Oh, don't ask. You share with somebody and that's it. Khalas. You're never able to do it. You're never able to do it. Why? Why is that so? Sometimes, you know, other people, their eyes can have an effect on you. Okay? And also you see, another problem is our own weakness. When we tell other people about what we're going to do, we feel as though we've already done it. Because we get their applause. We get their acknowledgement. And we think we have accomplished our purpose. So we don't really bother to put in any effort anymore. So the Prophet ﷺ advised that when you want to do something important, something good, then become discreet about it. Don't go and publicize everything. This doesn't mean that you become extremely secretive so that people around you are always trying to guess what you're going to do and they have to literally pry into your affairs to figure out what's going on. No, there are certain matters which you can publicize and there are other matters which you need to keep secret at least for some time. And the Prophet ﷺ said, فَإِنَّ كُلَّ ذِي نِعْمَةٍ مَحْسُودٍ Every owner of a blessing is envied. Any person who is granted a blessing, he is envied. Somehow, you know, people, they do feel jealous. Even if it's a little bit. And you might have experienced this yourself also. That you don't want to feel jealous, but sometimes you do. So you wish that you never knew. You wish that you never found out. Or you feel that since you got a particular blessing, you have lost certain friends. Their attitude has changed towards you. They don't speak to you in the same way. Why? Because shaitan has become very active. You see, through jealousy, when you get a blessing, you tell somebody about it, you publicize it, you make it known that you have this particular blessing. Shaitan, what does he do? He basically incites them against you incites them so that they feel jealous. And what happens is that two people who are so close now, they become distant. And sometimes literally it's husband and wife. Sometimes it is brother and sister. Sometimes it is best friends. Because of jealousy, their relationship is destroyed. And where did that jealousy come from? One person got a blessing. One person got a blessing. Now you might say, well, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me that blessing? He gave you that blessing so that you use it in the right way, so that you can make something of it, inshallah, and become a better person, a more successful person. But just because you've been granted a blessing, doesn't mean you go on and tell everybody about it. Some people go and boast about everything. I got these many marks on my test. You know, today, 
I made it to school in this much time only. I got the best deal when I went to that store. This sweater was actually for $70, I got it for $15. What's the point of saying these things all the time? What's the point? First of all, it's love. It's useless. That sale came and now it's over. You're telling your friend you got a $70 sweater for $15. How is she going to feel? Good for you, at least for a day or two. But then when she sees you wearing that sweater a second time and a third time and a fourth time, I'm sure she's going to feel bad for herself. Right? And shaitan is constantly after her. It's not that she's a bad person. It's because, إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوٌ مُبِينَ Shaitan isn't a manifest enemy, a clear enemy, always after people, always inciting them against one another so that their relationships are destroyed. Because if relationships are destroyed, then what happens? You become unhappy. If you lose a friend, that's a terrible feeling. If you realize that your husband is jealous of you, That's a very, very upsetting feeling. You feel very insecure. So don't brag. Don't brag. Don't even brag about your knowledge. Sometimes what happens is that we have accomplished, you know, little, little things here, there, here, there. And we present it so beautifully on a piece of paper as if we are like some high super achievers. Big words we use. And what happens? Other people, they feel... They feel jealous or they feel insecure around you. The Prophet ﷺ was someone who was granted the best honor any human being can be given. But you know what? Once there was a time when the Prophet ﷺ was sitting with Abu Bakr anhu, a man came in and he thought Abu Bakr was the Prophet ﷺ. He thought Abu Bakr was the Prophet. You know why? Because the Prophet ﷺ, he was amongst his companions like any one of them. Like any one of them. He sat amongst them. He sat on the floor with them. He ate with them from the same dish. He didn't make himself stand out. But unfortunately these days, everyone is focused on what? Standing out. I should you know, be the best. I should look different in some way or another. And as a result, we attract too much attention. Sometimes that's good attention and sometimes it's bad attention. Right? So, Yaqub he told his son, don't tell your brothers about it because otherwise they might plot against you. And remember that shaitan is an open enemy so he will instigate them to harm you. And then he told him the interpretation. He said, وَكَذَلِكَ And thus, يَجْتَبِيكَ Rabbuk, Your Lord will choose you. Your Lord will choose you. يَجْتَبِي يَجْتَبِي is from Jimba Wow. Ijtiba is to select, to choose. But how? Ijtiba is basically to collect something and then take it away. Like for example, you go to the grocery store, you see a big pile of apples. What do you do? You get a bag and then you gather in the bag which apples? Which apples? The ones that you think are good. Right? You gather them in the bag, one from here, one from there, one from under there, one from up there, right? And then what happens? That bag, those selected apples, you take them away. This is ijtiba. Allah will choose you above your family. He will give you honor 
such honor that will not be given to your brothers. Such honor that will perhaps be greater than what is given to your father. Yajtabika, because you see it's the eleven stars and the sun and the moon all prostrating to Yusuf alayhi salam. Allah will choose you. But I want you to notice something. Allah will take you away in this process of choosing you. And Yusuf alayhi salam, was he chosen? Yes. But was he with his father when he was chosen? Did he live amongst his family? No, he was taken away. He was taken away and he was trained. He learned many things. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then chose him. Sometimes we don't understand why certain people are taken away from us or certain things are taken away from us. Certain opportunities are snatched away from us. Something's with us. We want it so badly, but we lose it. You know, a mother, she has a son, 25-year-old son. He just dies. The only child that she has, gone. Or sometimes, money, house, whatever, gone, lost. Why? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take you away from certain people, from certain things, for a reason? Trust Him. Trust Him. And keep going. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will show you. He will teach you. وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ Because you see, when we cling to this dunya, and we cling to the people around us, we can't go high. You have to let go of the things that are with you, of the people who are around you, if you want to go higher. And higher, I don't mean by higher, as in worldly terms. But higher, meaning near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Khadija radiallahu anha, wasn't she taken away from him? His uncle Abu Talib, wasn't he taken away from him? Yes. The people that loved him, that respected him, didn't he lose them? Yes. Makkah, the city that he was born in, the blessed land, his home, didn't he have to leave that? Yes. His children, didn't he lose them in his life? He did. He was a merchant. Didn't he lose that money to the point that at one occasion he had two rocks tied to his stomach? Because he was so hungry? They didn't even have oil to light lamps with. If they had oil, they would drink it. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala takes people away from us, things away from us. Why? Because He's teaching us something over there. And if we accept, if we surrender, there is elevation, there is success. But if we get angry over there, if we get upset over there, then what do we have left? Neither this dunya, nor the akhirah. وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِكَ رَبُّكَ Your Lord will choose you. وَيُعَلِّمُكَ And He will teach you. مِنْ تَأْوِيلَ الْأَحَادِيثِ From the interpretation of narratives. Interpretation of ahadith. Ahadith, plural of? Hadith. What is ta'wil? Ta'wil is from the root letters Hamza Wawlam. Awwal. What does awwal mean? First. Ta'wil is to take something to its original place. First, where it started from. Alright? What is ta'wil? To take something back to its original place. When you're talking about a speech, right? Then ta'wil is to take something to its original intent. 
What was the purpose of mentioning it? What was the purpose behind informing someone of it? So when it's talking about ilm, it means interpretation. So ta'wil meaning interpretation. What was the purpose behind it? Why was it said? What does it show? What message does it give? What does it mean? What are we supposed to do? What are you supposed to understand? This is ta'wil, interpretation. Like for example, somebody says something to you. Somebody says something to you. They say, I am feeling very tired. They're sitting across the table from you after dinner with their empty dishes in front of them and they tell you, I'm very tired. So are you meant to do ta'wil of that? Yes. So how do you do ta'wil of that? What they're trying to tell you is, can you please take my dishes and put them in the dishwasher? And could you please excuse me from my chores tonight? Right? That was the real intent of saying, I am very tired. And if you say, oh, I feel so bad for you. Can you also do my chores tonight? Well, you didn't really get it. You couldn't really do ta'wil of what they were telling you. You didn't understand. So ta'wil, Allah will teach you interpretation of what a hadith, plural of hadith. Hadith is basically every speech, news, information that reaches a person through any means. So for example, the statements of the Prophet ﷺ, what are they called? A hadith. Why? Because they have reached us. Right? They have reached us. But remember that hadith literally doesn't just refer to the statements of the Prophet ﷺ, it refers to any kind of information, speech, news that has reached you through some kind of means, through any kind of medium. Whether it is someone telling you something orally, or somebody telling you something in a written form, also through indication, through a text message, whatever it may be. Okay, This is hadith, something that has reached you, a news that has reached you. So Allah will teach you interpretation of a hadith, meaning Allah will teach you how to interpret, how to understand correctly any piece of information that reaches you. And you see, the more wisdom and knowledge a person possesses, the better he interprets information that reaches him. Are we always interpreting? Are we? Yeah. Somebody says something to us and we process it in our mind. Why did they say that? What does that mean? Right? We see something on the television, we process that information. That processing, what is that? Interpretation. Right? So some people, they interpret really well. And others, they just don't get it. They just don't get it. What's the difference? What's the difference? One person has more experience. They have more knowledge. They have more wisdom. They care for others. Like for example, if your brother is sitting across the table from you and he says, I am very tired. And you say, oh, I feel bad for you. Can you please put my dishes in the dishwasher? You didn't really get it. Why? Because you don't care about your brother because he's always making excuses and he's always complaining, I'm tired. But your mother who's sitting next to you, she knows that he had an exam that morning and he's been up since 5 o'clock in the morning, and then he had to go for his football practice or whatever, and now finally the poor kid has come home. She loves your brother, so what is she going to say? Something different. Because she cares for him more, she's concerned for him more, her interpretation will be more accurate. You understand? 
So Allah will teach you ta'wilul ahadith, the correct interpretation of any piece of information that reaches you. Whether it's someone's dream, or your own dream, or an incident that you see, a news that you hear, Allah will teach you how to understand it correctly. And Yusuf salam really, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him this gift. Because remember, when he was in that house, and that woman locked up all the doors, and she said, come. I mean, he understood exactly what was going on. Right? And he knew what to do. He protected himself. He refused outright. Because he was able to interpret that situation correctly at that time. Ta'wilul ahadith. Allah will give you this knowledge. And He will complete His blessing upon you. How? By granting you prophethood. Alayka on you, wa'ala ali Ya'qub, and on the family of Ya'qub, meaning by giving you prophethood, Allah will perfect His blessing on the family of Ya'qub. Kama atammaha, just as He perfected it, ala abawayka min qablu, upon your two fathers before. Which two fathers? Ibrahim. What is Haq? Ibrahim and Ishaq, your grandfather and your great grandfather. How did he perfect his blessings upon them? By making them? By making them? Prophets. By giving them knowledge and wisdom and understanding. Inna Rabbaka Alimun Hakim. Indeed, your Lord is knowing and wise. Because you see, when you realize that you're being given a big responsibility, which is going to be a source of honor for you, but also it's going to bring to you enmity of others, you sometimes just want to run away. You want to go and hide somewhere. You're like, why me? Give it to somebody else. I don't want to do it. He says, your Lord is knowing and He is wise. He knows best who to choose. He knows best who deserves this blessing. Recitation of these ayat. إِذْ قَالَ يُوسُفُ لِأَبِيهِ يَا أَبَتِ إِنِّي رَأَيْتُ أَحَدَ عَشَرَ كَوْكَبًا وَالشَّمْسَ وَالْقَمَرَ رَأَيْتُهُمْ لِي سَاجِدِينَ قَالَ يَا بُنَيَّ لَا تَقْصُصْ رُؤْيَاكَ عَلَىٰ إِخْوَتِكَ فَيَكِيدُوا لَكَ كَيْدًا إِنَّ الشَّيْطَانَ لِلْإِنسَانِ عَدُوٌ مُبِينٌ وَكَذَلِكَ يَجْتَبِيكَ رَبُّكَ وَيُعَلِّمُكَ مِنْ تَأْوِيلِ الْأَحَادِيثِ وَيُتِمُّ نِعْمَتَهُ عَلَيْكَ وَعَلَىٰ آلِ يَعْقُوبَ كَمَا أَتَمَّهَا عَلَىٰ أَبَوَيْكَ مِنْ قَبْلُ إِبْرَاهِيمَ وَإِسْحَاقَ إِنَّ رَبَّكَ عَلِيمٌ حَكِيمٌ 